Welcome to Cali Made Us Do It, a podcast on culture, social issues, and trends, rocking our worlds through our three different lenses, with your hosts, Alexander Tennant, Kristen Tony, and Jody Moore Lewis. This is our first podcast. What? <laughs> We're here. I can't believe it. It's real. It's real now. I, f- I was like, oh my gosh, we have to do this now. Like, we can't go hide. <laughs> I'm proud of us. Hi, everybody. Hi. This is um. This is a. We don't know what we want to do for our intro yet, but it's our first episode, so we just want to welcome you to it. I'm Jody. I'm Alexandra. Oh, I'm Kristen. I was on mute. <laughs> <laughs> See, we're still getting through technical difficulties. <laughs> and we are. Callie made us do it. Yeah. Yeah. Because Callie made us do it. (laughs) (laughs) It really did. It really did. So today we want to, of course, uh, oh, what are we getting into first? Sorry. Hot topics. Oh, a lot has happened in the first part of this 2021, guys. uh, You know, it feels like part of me feels, excuse me, part of me still feels like it's January and then part of me feels feels like we've been in 2021 for uh, quite some time now. Um, A lot has happened. We have a new president. Yay. Super excited about that. A new administration. Um, We have vaccines, which is huge. And actually all three of us um, have gotten at least our first dose. Jody, you've gotten two doses now, um, which is really exciting. And we feel really, really lucky that We've been able to get them and Jody has been part of the movement to get people vaccinated. So we are super proud of her. Shout out core response. Yeah, <laughs> she's been doing the really, really, really hard work of um, vaccinating thousands of people a day. And before that, she was testing people. Um, so great work there. And, and we all feel. Oh, stop, stop. <laughs> we all feel lucky. Oh, you are lucky. Well, that is why I um didn't watch the Grammys though, because I was working. So <laughs> you all were talking about all your favorite performances. And I was like, I need to YouTube all of these. And it's still been like, what a week. And I still haven't YouTubed them. So I need to get on that. Hilarious. That's your weekend project. Yes. Yeah, I guess let's get into the Grammys. The Grammys was interesting this year. It was very, very black. <laughs> It was the blackest I've ever seen the Grammys. Got a lot of uh got a lot of heat. Uh my favorite performance was definitely Cardi B and Megan talking about their wet ass pussy on can we say that? On <laughs> on CBS. Well you just did. Love it. Love to see it. Did CBS edit it out? Uh they changed they did the clean version, so they did uh that's some wop, wop, wop. That wet and gushy. <laughs> yes, wet and gushy. That's what it is. Oh, so funny. There was a lot of um, pushback because they were like, I've seen like videos and things of people um, talking crap because they were like, all they talk about is their vagina. And I guess they won for best rap duo. And uh, and uh, the people that they went against, they were all talking about their penises, and they were mad that like there were like 
TikTokers like posting like, how did they win? They were just talking about their vagina the whole time. And like somebody did like a side by side of all the other songs in the category and they were all talking about their dicks. There you go. You know, <laughs> we've had so many, so many people talk about pussies in their song. Let women do it. So many, sorry. So many guys talk about pussies in their song. Mm -hmm. Let's have women take control of that narrative. And win a fucking Grammy for it. Yes. I mean, I'm really not, you know. Uh, you know how I feel about award. Well, you guys don't know how I feel about award shows, but award show, you you give your own, you give yourself the trophies, but I'll leave it at that. But Okay, so I need to watch the WAP performance. WAP, WAP. You got to watch WAP. Which I watched every version of the WAP like every dance crew who did <laughs> dances over the summer, I watched all of those. So I need to watch the actual Amazing. performance. All right. Sorry, Alex. What were you saying? Yeah, no, I was going to say I, I really enjoyed it. Obviously, it was socially distanced, so they they didn't have an audience. Um, I, I'm, it was outside of the Staples Center. They had some tables set up. Um that were distance and everyone was in masks, but you could still kind of like peek and see who it was. I love award shows for the fashion. I'm obsessed with award show fashion. I love to see who is wearing what um, and who gets really creative and who really pushes the envelope. And uh, they really, really came out. Megan looked incredible. I mean, she just like, she looked incredible. Whoever is styling her now, keep paying that person. Um, she just looked like fully into herself. Dua Lipa looked absolutely amazing, stunning. She had a really fun performance. I would say my favorite outfit of the night was definitely Billie Eilish. She always comes with her own style, but this time it was really elevated. She was wearing Gucci and she just looked super bomb, super true to herself and her brand. She uh, won the award for, I think it was best album of the year. Whatever the last award is for the night, I'll have to go look. Uh, she won and she got up and really like dedicated her award to Megan Thee Stallion, which was like the coolest thing ever. You could tell that she's her idol. You could tell that she looks up for her. Um, I just think it was a really cool thing for a 19 year old kid to do. She's very mature. Yeah, it was it was fun. Yeah, it's like the Adele and Adele and Beyonce. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Speaking of Queen B. Queen B was at the Grammys, which completely shocked me because neither her nor Sir Rock Carter <laughs> um, need to go to the Grammys, but they were there. They were at the table closest to the exit so they could get out of there. And uh, Beyonce went up with Megan and accepted an award. And you could tell that there's just so much warmth between them and there's so much like mutual admiration um, and, and you're standing next to Beyonce. So clearly like Megan's reaction to that was all of us, right? Like <laughs> what you would do if you were accepting an award with Beyonce. Um, but you know, as always, she was all class and grace. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I think, you know, I think the Grammys might be turning a stone. I don't want to speak too soon. Um, but I think that, you know, they're making small strides in terms of recognition. Everything, it's so subjective, right? Like everybody has different tastes and you do, you have to celebrate artists across the board and not just one time of the year. But I think that they, they're, it, it looks like they're making an attempt to really, um, to really work on representation and recognition. So I'm hoping that they kind of keep that pattern going. 
who knows what next year will look like if they have it in person, if everyone's vaccinated or, you know, is it going to be virtual going forward for all of the award shows? It's really, really interesting to see how those are going to evolve. But um, the performances were great. Black Pumas were amazing. Who else did we see? I oh, love the Black uh, Pumas. The baby, the baby's performance. Okay, Jody, you got to go watch the baby's performance. Loved it. Was my favorite of the night. He had these really, really cool middle-aged choir singers in the background who were having the time of their lives. Um, I, I loved it. It was great. So, funny story about the baby. So. Another reason why I also didn't watch the Grammys is because I moved this past weekend. So my old apartment had this alleyway that our balcony looked over. And over quarantine, the baby, and I want to say it was Swiss Beats, shot. It was, tw oh, Frankie just yelled, 21 Savage. The baby and 21 Savage did a music video in our alleyway. And Frankie and I were sitting, <laughs> we were videotaping Amazing. them on the, they were in a shopping cart, pushing each other in a shopping cart. Amazing. So that's Los Angeles for you. I got to see that footage. Yes. Um, maybe if I have anything, we could put it on our Instagram story. Please do not <laughs> cut please do not cut Frankie saying it was 21 Savage, please. <laughs> okay. Awesome. And then didn't um, Beyonce like win the most awards ever or something? She actually broke, I think I read that. she actually broke a couple of records. Um, mm -hmm. She broke the most Grammys won by any artist ever. Then simultaneously, of course, woman. The Megan and Beyonce won, uh, they're the first uh black uh sorry the first women to win best rap collab duo duo yeah. i think i think there is one it might be one more but yeah she was breaking records i love that we're starting off our first podcast with all this women love and Ooh, artistry and also yeah. like talking about women duos and their collaborations because our episode today we're diving into girlships and you know, I can only imagine that, like, you were saying, Alex, like, Beyonce and Megan had this warmth between them. Like, so there's got to be some friendship. And Cardi B and Megan, I just, like, picture them writing WAP and having so much fucking fun. For sure. You could totally feel the girl power, which is what I absolutely loved. And then again, like, Billy honoring Megan. Like, it was all about the girls. I totally loved it. We figured we would kick off our first episode talking about girl friendships. The three of us are obviously all friends and our girl friendships mean a lot to us. So we wanted to kind of talk about like girl friendships, how they work, uh, where we can see them in TV and film and music and all that good stuff. So let's dive into the episode. Before we head into this episode, all of us from Callie Made Us Do It would like to honor the lives that were lost in the Atlanta spa shooting. Soon Jung Park, Hyun Jung Grant, Soon Cha Kim, Young A Yu, Xiao Jie Tan, Dao Yo Feng, Delena Ashley Yang and Paul Andre Michel. 
all of us at Cali Made Us Do It stand in solidarity with our brothers and sisters in the Asian American community. We will continue to stand up and speak out and do what we can to stop this violence and stop racism. We've added a few places you can donate in the show notes that we received from Next Shark, who you can follow on Instagram for Asian American News. I'd like to thank my dear friend who pointed me in the direction of a few Instagram accounts that I'd like to credit at the moment. The Asian American Journalist Association on Instagram, Janice Yu and Francis Wang, pronouncing the Chinese and Korean language names of the victims, and Jenny Yang as well for helping me learn how to better speak the names of these lives lost too soon. Lately, a lot of my conversations have been centered around what everyone wants to do with their lives, finally settling down, what kind of family they want, what kind of um, job or career that they would like to really get into. Um, And I noticed that a lot of people plan around spouses or, you know, like their focus is like a spouse, whether they have one or they don't. And I know like growing up, I remember dreaming about my family and what my kids will look like and what my wedding day would look like. Like I'm sure many, many women have. I don't remember the first time that I was like, I want a girl tribe. Like I want a best friend that I could always talk to and always lean on. So today we're going to open up a conversation, uh, an important conversation about girlships, girl friendships. What was your experience as a child? Like when was the first time you felt like, wow, having a best friend or a girl tribe was important? I guess for me, I, I always felt my girl friendships were important, but I had this one really close girlfriend in high school. We were just inseparable. And that was like the first kind of Thelma and Louise moment that I had with a girlfriend. Um, Unfortunately, but it was just one. And unfortunately we did grow apart with college. And then in college, I found a new group. Like my girls, we're still friends to this day. There's a group of seven of us. And I guess they're sort of my, my girl tribe. tribe. But then moving to LA, I found that group too, you know, like you guys are part of that. So I, I didn't feel like I understood the importance of it until I think I lost my one friendship in high school, but then I've been able to really cultivate and understand the meaning of a good friendship and um, the ebb and flow of what that friendship means. Alex, what was your like, first? <laughs> yeah, for comment? sure. I mean, you're so right. The age that we are right now, everybody's talking about settling down and talking about spouses, but we don't hear a lot about, uh, you know, friendships and, and how they evolve. I was always a girl's girl. So I always had, you know, little besties um, in, you know, elementary school and middle school. It wasn't until I was in my 20s and moved out to California that um, I made a friendship that was just so close and so beyond, (laughs) Um, you know, anything that I had 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 before. Yeah, we we've been through a lot and our friendship has evolved. And it's been really interesting because it's one of the most the longest friendships that I've had. It's been really interesting to see how it's evolved from us being, you know, really, really young, early 20s, you know, just out of our parents' nest to um, 
trying to thrive adults. <laughs> I was going to say thriving adults, but we're try- we're just trying to thrive. My first experience or awareness of it didn't really hit until like 27 after I had been through like 20 million <laughs> friendships. I mean, I too lost my best friend from high- one of my best friends from high school and I have one that I still talk to. Um, but it didn't click to me that like, you know, they are so necessary and they got me through like my life, you know, until I was like around 27 and I was just like, wait, I do everything that I want to do with the people, like with my best friends, you know? So I think that's when it really, really sunk in. But, um, I did, We did, I did a little bit of research and you don't have to trust me. You can do your own. Looking at friendships in movies and TV shows, the movie, like, and we're talking about like really popular ones. I'm not, like, I'm sure you can find a movie, like an indie movie that didn't make it to movie theaters or like, you know, someone, I'm sure you can find a bunch of those. But from what I gather, the big hits, uh, the first one I have is Thelma and Louise of 1991, where it's just about two friends and and everything else surrounds them 1991 I love that movie it's a classic super super classic super good um after that they started trickling in a little bit more and then the earliest tv show I can find get this there was one Laverne and Shirley 1976 used to love it after that we didn't see a really really big one with just girls until sex in the city which is also really 1998. super iconic, right? My personal feminist um, explanation to that is that personally, I think men are scared of women in groups because of the way we think and compartmentalize, um, the way we strategize. I mean, even if you look back to the Salem witch trials, like, they didn't want women going to like gather in the woods together and they wanted a reason to you know fear women and I think it's a way to kind of keep us in our lane and I definitely think I succumbed to a lot of that I was one of those girls who was like I'm gonna be married with two kids at 24 <laughs> I'm like no that was not my life <laughs> <laughs> I I think we all had an unhealthy timeline of when we would have kids. Never did we say, "Oh, I'm I'm going to be with my like I'm going to be with my kids, my husband mm-hmm. and my best friend group, my girl yeah. group that I'm going to go on a trip." I everybody was like, "Oh." And the only time you started talking about your close friends was when you were like naming your bridesmaids. <laughs> Exactly. And there's, it's not to say anyone who did decide to get married young and have kids young is incorrect, like teach your own, but there just weren't enough stories supporting, you know, the way I think a lot of women are thinking now. Mm -hmm. Or even just what you personally want in your life. I was just going to say, you were saying earlier that all of the things that you wanted to do and accomplish, you could do with your friends. Right. And Mm -hmm. so like, we have this old idea that, to accomplish something or to be somebody like we needed a man, we had to be in a relationship. But I feel like for millennials that are our age, um, that live in a big metropolitan city, a lot of the things that a lot of our goals and our aspirations 
don't aren't really correlated with being in a romantic relationship you know we've all dated in LA and well maybe Jody you haven't uh (laughs) because you've known your husband for quite some time but uh you've heard stories from friends and as hard as it is to find a romantic partner um it could be even harder to find girlfriends how do you guys like what do you guys feel about that I mean I know for me I work from home it's really challenging to make friends and and to make really close intimate girl friendships have you guys found it harder or easier as you've gotten older well I work in a very uh, social setting I'm a bartender and so I meet people on the job literally every day I meet a new person so I found that it was easier I mean it was it's easier to find like friends that you know you hang out with and like you do things with and every now and then if someone needs a ride or something to the airport like you can call them and be like hey can you take me to the airport but like really genuine bare your soul like you know almost before I had a therapist sorry you had that job like you know (laughs) like finding those people I think are really really hard people not people I think majority of us because we have those dreams of being married and being a family and we don't we forget about the girl tribe or having you know a a person to lean on and when times get rough outside of your family because we don't focus on that I feel like sometimes people don't want to work on a friendship and all relationships are work regardless and I think that's a big reason why it's really hard to find friends because just like a relationship there has to be two people in it it can't be one person gives way more than the other and there's no compromise or meet in the middle just like you can't do it with your guy friends I mean guy friends your husbands (laughs) (laughs) hey or guy friends your guy friends um yeah I I do feel very fortunate in my line of work you know um so I know it might not be as relatable but I mean Kristen you and I became really close from waiting tables together in a restaurant and we were together bitching about the same things going through the same things and it brought us closer and because we had something in common and also like our personalities just went well meshed well and also the same with like a lot of my um friends I met through acting class out in LA well you already have a bond because you're acting and you're showing up in class together but you're going through this this thing together and this emotional work together that it brings you closer but there's definitely some friendships in my acting classes that I I open up to in a different way than just like loving to talk to them loving to talk to people about acting and I'm not really sure what that is or not but maybe it's just that we're both wanting like you were saying to put in the same amount of effort and I can feel that from them and maybe they can feel that from me but I wanted to also point out Kristen you sent us a link to um, a UCLA study on friendship and what I found really interesting is women it's actually easy for us to make friends in a way because when we go through stressful events or something really it doesn't have to be on the scale of super traumatic, but just something that heightens our senses. We tend to, they use the word tend and befriend or the phrase tend and befriend. And that might be why when we 
go through these things like Kristen and I going through like heavy shifts together and experiencing these same life events together that we just kind of learn how to connect in that way. And the studies show that guys don't really tend to stress in that way. They're more fight or flight versus how women deal with stress where we tend and befriend. Yep. For sure. Yeah. You're talking about the bond, the bonding hormone. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Thank you. The bonding hormone. Thank you Uh for clarifying. Yeah. Oxytocin, right? Oxytocin and and serotonin, like the same uh, chemical release when you hug people or, you know, pleasure. Um, For some reason, stress gives us serotonin. That's wild. (laughs) Evolution, right? Proud to be a woman. Yeah, like, I'm so glad I just uh, put my body through natural trauma and had a baby. (laughs) So happy. I can't think of any female friendship that I have that we haven't gone through something, like you said, really tough or really significant together. And it definitely you know, brings us closer to each other. What about, uh, have you guys, and this, this topic recently was brought up on Insecure and it's the first one I really remember seeing like physically actually happen, happening. It's probably more out there, but this is like, they emphasized on it um, was like the friendship breakups. Oof. Mm-hmm. Those are uh, rough. I know, Jody. you said you broke up with your high school, sweetheart. You don't have to tell us details, but I mean, not sweetheart. <laughs> high school, uh, might as well. well Look, she, yeah, she might as well have been. Yeah. Um, what, what was that like for you? How does it feel? Yeah, I mean, it, it sucks, but it was the right thing to do. And, you know, I mean, I... A lot of us mentioned, or or I think we all mentioned in our 20s is kind of when our friendship stuck. And I think what's so interesting, especially as a teenager, even starting in middle school, it's there's so much going on and there's so much pressure and hormones. And, um, you know, like this was, we were so close, but what brought us together was like, we were partying together, like, you know, high school, like sneaking out, like doing all like the bad girl things that you do in high school, or if that's what you consider bad girl things to my mom, it was. (laughs) Um, But I think in college, we just went to separate, we just went separate ways and wanted different things. And it didn't align with us anymore. Uh, We didn't align with each other anymore. I don't think I was giving her what she needed in our relationship. And she wasn't giving me what I needed in our relationship. And it just kind of it did hurt when it was like that, but we brought so much joy to each other's lives, I think in high school. And, um, and then in your twenties, you, you start to understand who you are a little more and what you desire out of relationships, be it boys and girls, um, women and men. And, uh, and I think that was kind of the shift there is just that we didn't grow the same way. I had a, um, a friend breakup. Uh, I had started working um, in retail, uh, like at the very end of high school, and then at the start of college. And I made really, really good friends with my boss at the time, who was about four or five years older than me. Um, and like you, I mean, we were peas in a pod. We were, you know, running around town together. We bonded, doing things that probably weren't the healthiest for 
either of us, but it was a time in my life where I learned so much from this older person. Um, you know, they were almost like a, a best friend, pseudo sister for me. And we actually went through a breakup and then back together and a breakup and a back together. So it was like an on and off again, you know, relationship. It was my first on and off again relationship of my whole, my whole life. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a really, even though it was a really short period of my life, it was a really significant, um, part of my life and a loss that I still feel, you know, you still think of things that remind you of that person, just like in, in a romantic breakup brings back these, these moments and these feelings of, you know, whatever you experienced during the time or, Oh, I saw something that made me think of you, or I heard that song that we were listening to all the time, you know, those things still, they, they still make you really emotional. And it's, I'm so happy that you brought this up, Kristen, because I don't think people talk about this. Like I don't, I, I personally have never heard girls talk about like, yeah, I was in an on and off again, <laughs> you know, non-romantic, non-sexual relationship with somebody for years. And like, I'm still kind of hurt that it's over. <laughs> But I know that I know that, you know, my life wouldn't be the same. I wouldn't be the same person. And I think it was the best decision, like you said, Jody, for us to go our separate ways because we weren't the best versions of ourselves when we were quote unquote together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. About you, Kristen. I feel like, you know, my my situation is similar to Jody's. Um, We were friends from, I want to say eight until like 24 25 maybe wow I think like 24 yeah um and you know we just grew separately and like you said I'm gonna bite word for word what you said what I needed in a relationship she wasn't she wasn't able to give me and what she needed I wasn't able to get give to her so I feel like we just grew apart we just drew separately there's no like animosity there I have reached out and she's reached out and we've like just checked on in on each other like I think for the first time when COVID hit I was like hey just thinking about you hope everything's okay um but other than that it's just like she played a major role in my life she was in it like at the time when we she was in my life more than a lot you know like you know at the same time as like my sister you know um so it was it was it was different and fuck Facebook memories because that is (laughs) like what Alex said like thinking about like you know like yeah it's like okay if I really wanted to know on 10 years that I mean 10 years ago my best my best friend at the time was telling me how much she loves me on my page I would go look for it (laughs) but (laughs) (laughs) yeah you have those memories and you don't have that like you don't have that yeah you know like oh something happened and only you you know like there's things Mm -hmm. that happen that only you two can laugh about or joke about and you know that's the parts that is like it's kind of sad but like also that you know it served its purpose I uh I don't know if you guys had it but um, the way most of she was also just like Alex uh, on again off again too like we broke up like at least three times I think <laughs> um, but um, one of the things that stuck out about it was that there was there wasn't really any closure and like we didn't we didn't necessarily need it 
but sometimes when you break up with a guy, you have to know, like, this is it, this is over, and I need to end this chapter. Like, what is this? What's happening? You know, sometimes. Do, did you guys get closure from your friend breakup? Was there a talk? Was there a, a, a actual breakup? Or did you guys just stop talking? That was actually a thing I was going to ask you guys as well. Something along those lines, because as we're talking... I'm realizing I mourn my girlfriendships more than I ever mourned the guys with a, with, I mean, we are all heterosexual here. Mm -hmm. So, um, this is just our personal experience. But so when I dated boys, there's a finality to it. Like we're done. And the relationship was a romantic one where a, a, girl friendship there still could be something right um I will say there was only one I don't even know I think it's always it's like weird it's like the one of my friends from college I don't know what she was going through her experience I didn't understand what she was going through so I did feel hurt by her and when I had first moved to LA I invited some girlfriends to come with me and she for a lack of a better term, bitched me out on Facebook Messenger. And I was just like, look, babe, like you have not been treating me well. Like I felt very eloquent, (laughs) eloquent, whatever that word is. And in Mm -hmm. my power, I felt very in my power because I cared in a weird way. I care because I wanted her to, to know how I felt. But like, if I ever were to see her again, like, I don't know if we'd be open and, you know, talk about all our deepest darkest secrets but I still would feel I don't think it would be over I don't even know if I answered I just think yeah closure just feels so different uh uh-huh it's a similar experience so the my on again off again relationship um when so my now husband then fiance was living overseas um he had come home to visit And um, I had seen through social media that this person had been spending some time uh, in the country that my husband is from. And I thought that it might be a good way to kind of reconnect. Um, And maybe even, you know, I don't think that I ever hoped to have what we had had years ago, but definitely like maybe we can find each other anew and, you know, grown. And I was like starting this new chapter of my life. And we did, we had this thing in common. She had, you know, they had both lived in this country. So I reached out to her. I said, you guys will have a lot to talk about. And um, we ended up meeting up and we ended up kind of doing that like surface talking, not really getting into anything deep, not going over what happened to have the, the final falling out in the first place. And after the meeting, I felt really good about it. I felt it was good to see her. It was good that, you know, it felt like this could possibly be a new start for us again not not wanting what we had had before but like hey maybe this person could be integrated into my life again and that you know and we can start to navigate what the real issues were and so after the meeting I sent this person a message saying exactly that hey it felt so good to see you it's so great you know I'm genuinely happy that you're doing well I've always wanted well for you um you know I hope that we can continue this whatever happened tonight in us meeting and hanging out felt good like it felt like we are at a place of better understanding 
And the message that I got back was, yeah, good to see you too. You know, something very brief and not acknowledging. And that for me was closure because like Kristen said before, and you said too, Jody, like what I wanted out of the relationship and, and what I thought that the future was going to be clearly wasn't what she did. Um, you know, I, I can't talk for her. I don't know why, you know, maybe, maybe she got a different feeling from the meetup. Um, I, like you said, Jody, I don't know what she's going through. I don't know, you know, where she was. I'm, I, it left me a little bit confused as to if you didn't really want to explore a friendship with me, why, why did you entertain, uh, you know, uh, another connection? Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that was my closure, but that was a very clear message to me that was like, it doesn't matter how you reach out or in what way, um, it's just, it, it's never going to be what I want it to be, um, which is super, it's super hard. And yeah, it's super heartbreaking. Yeah. <sighs> Let me tell you, they can be, <laughs> they can be just as tough, I, if not I, tougher. I, t- yeah, I totally agree with both of you that like, I mourn those girl friendships. I've had some friendships end for reasons that I don't know. And, and to this day, I don't have closure on. I mean, those are, yeah, those are worse than the guy that you found out was cheating on you. Honestly, I, like, those are so tough. I don't think I have a, a girl, a girl friendship split where we were like, we're done. It's over. I, yeah. Like, I, I feel like. <laughs> I feel like you know it, but like, there's never any conversation of like, I'm done with you. Like, you know, like, especially not like from like a bet best friend, you know, it just like fizzles out or like something happens and you just never go back to talking. It's so weird. I will. And like, I think what a lot of us are struggling now being, you know, in our thirties, you know, we do have friends that have marriages or new relationships or have kids and Mm -hmm. how are you all working on you know Alex you're married like I am so how are you tending those relationships or Kristen how do you feel about people who are in relationships and how you try to keep up with the friendships or how they keep up with you I was totally gonna ask you this question (laughs) I was gonna ask you yeah how how you you know, find balancing it now. Cause it obviously is super easy when you're just like, you know, at one point we were living four girls to a house and we were running around town and they're just like your whole world, almost like high school again, but you have no like parents telling you what to do. <laughs> and then obviously relationships come into play. I was in a very solid girl friendship relationship with somebody. Um, and I was really clear that, you know, my friends would be, my friends in my life now would be my priority and not in the sense of like, oh, you know, whatever they say and whatever my friends do and whatever, but clear in the fact that like, you know, I value my time with them. I'm going to continue spending that amount of time with them. um, And I will make compromises accordingly. Not only do I value my time, I need it for my own personal sanity. I'm lucky that I have female friends in my life where I'm like, okay, I'm having date night or, okay, you know, we're going away for a weekend, just us. And it's like, okay, well, our friendship isn't over. Cause I'm go taking three days to <laughs> go away with my husband. And just like my husband knows, you know, our life isn't over because I'm having a girl's weekend. I think it's a lot of communication 
it's being super upfront, but yes, it's, it's definitely a balancing act, but I think that it can be done with lots of communication. From the single point of view, I am lucky enough to have a very best friend who, you know, who does not, it's not that she puts me first. She doesn't put me first. And that, I think that's something we, everyone needs to clear up. Like no one is like her family is first and, you know, but it's the thought of, um, I cherish how I'm treated by my best friend because it's the thought of, I want to be around her. And I think that that's what everybody wants in life is to be around people who want to be around you. So I never get the feeling that she was only my friend because she didn't have the love of her life. I never get the feeling that it was on, it's only when she, you know, feels lonely, uh, you know, like those kind of feelings. So from a single point of view, I encourage my best friend all the time, take date night, take that trip. You guys get out, be alone, have date, like, you know, be together. I love that. They're my favorite love story. First of all, that's first and foremost, you know, so I'm here and I'm a cheerleader because he's great and they're great together. Um, with that being said, there's been situations where I've seen a big drastic change in people where they don't, they, I don't think it's anything wrong with them. I think that maybe they haven't mastered the way of balancing friendships. Nobody on the single side or even just a friend side that needs a friend. Somebody might even have a relationship. That person might be overseas. That person may be traveling a lot. That person might have a job where they're constantly working and, you know, they, they need, people well if you if he's working all the time and you never see him of course if he's randomly like coming back home for a day you know yes go see him but like <laughs> don't like always make plans with your single friend because they're always there and then cancel it every single time just because you want to be with him you know what I'm saying? Like, it goes back to what mm -hmm. Alex has said. Keep your word. Tell the truth straight up. It's all about communication. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Well, it and sounds also, like also communicating with your significant other to be like, I can't be there at your beck and call. I do have my friends as well, you know? Well, Alex has always been, I got this from her, but Alex has always been a strong advocate of like, <laughs> I make my plans and I'm asking you what, where you fit in, but if you don't contact me with those plans, I'm not waiting mm -hmm. until you have plans to make mine, if that makes yeah. sense. I feel like I have had and have the audacity to think that I can have it all. <laughs> and, you know, it, it definitely, I'm not going to lie. There's fear there, you know, how you balance that with, you know, when children come into the picture and all of these other things. Um, but I do like when I picture my life and I picture my future, I do picture, you know, it's not just like, husband and a kid and a dog and a picket fence. Like I really see myself and visualize myself, you know, around a fire pit, around a pool on a, on a yacht <laughs> with the people that I love the most. My I husband, hope I'm on that yacht with you. Of course. <laughs> you know, but I've always, it's always been like kind of what Kristen's saying, like the people 
that are around enhance it and my husband enhances it. Well, we have a woman in the White House now as vice president. So, so we can do whatever anything. the fuck we want. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and if you want your number one to be your husband, by all means do mm-hmm. it. But Absolutely. I think the most important thing is, is that we're trying to reiterate here is the narrative, especially as millennials growing up, was that of a man and woman getting married. And mm-hmm. that is what we were primed to be to become and regardless if you are in a marriage if you're in a hardcore relationship or whatever that person cannot be everything to you and you need your other the other parts of you to like go to you know go to dance class with talk about your husband with Mm -hmm. you know like to do other things with and connect in a different way that we can't always get from one person and I just don't think that's healthy one thing we did mention is like consistency right because I do have a best friend out back home and we've always let like a month or two go by and then we're on the phone for two hours and then sometimes I might talk to her maybe three times that week and then we'll go you know, I'm on, but it's always been like, it's always been that consistency. It's always been, you know, like I'm with my family and then I'm gonna come see you once a, a week. And that relationship is also fine. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. it's, it's all about your relationship, just like there's relationships of long distance and they can do it. It might not be everybody's cup of tea, but it can be yours. You know, your relationship is what you make it. And I think consistency anything any the parts of a of a romantic relationship goes into the parts of uh platonic I love that and I mean even there was that Huff Post article with um Michelle Michelle Zunter was uh, the freelance writer she wrote an entire open ed piece to her best friend and I'm just pulling a quote from her essay This is what it's like to have a true best friend. Even now, months could go by and we'll finally talk as if no time has passed between us. Time passing by is nothing but another element to our already seasoned friendship. The point is that as time is passing, we are always in each other's thoughts somewhere. And I think technology has made it easier to keep connected, but it's like, you know, like you said, having those actual conversations and getting and and talking points that are getting deeper than on the surface. And that's kind of what I think adheres a good friendship. Jody, what was your journey from, you know, cause you've known your husband, your situation is even different than mine. You've known her- your husband, you know, as long as you've known some of your best friends and then mm-hmm. have gotten married. So what, what was your journey and how have things changed in terms of how you balance your friendships with, being married (laughs) I'm like an oddball I'm like a hardcore like feminist progressive like you know you but I've been dating or dating I've been with my with Frankie my husband oh my gosh so we've been married three and a half years and we've been dating for 12 or we were together for 12 years since I was 20 since I was 20. So now I guess you know how old I am, but <laughs> um, Same. it was, I would have to like get into the specifics of my relationship on how this worked out. I think for me, we went to different colleges. We 
no, I've known him longer than I've dated him. I've known him since high school. I'm so freaking Southern. I know, but, um, we started dating in college at separate colleges. So we had a lot of time apart. So every, I was very independent and I was very with my friends. And I think that's what made my relationship with Frankie work the way it did being long distance. It was not, I was not easy being like in your young twenties and you know, he's a baseball player and you're like, who are you partying with tonight? <laughs> All your insecure 20 year old self coming out. But I truly think that's what made my personal relationship with him blossom. I was able to be my own self and him be able to be his own self and us cultivate our friendship separately and blend them together. And, you know, we still are, you know, we're still the same people where I go out and do my stuff and he goes out and do and does his things. And we have, you know, it's just like, we just keep growing. Our, we grew, our family's huge because we were able to have separate lives, I think. Mm -hmm. um, For sure. And I love that. Like, I love all of his friends from his college. And, you know, he loves all of my friends from my college. It just feels like we have this huge family. And that's when we got married, when we decided, I was like, I just want your friends and my friends to all get together and let's just party. Like, I want them all to meet and be in the same place and, Cause our friends are just like our families. Like even our, our friends that have kids, like Frankie and I are their aunt and uncles, like, and they're, we're not related by blood. And that's just how close we are. And so his guy friendships and my girl friendships definitely, I think made our relationship stronger in a way. We had, we were long distance, um, for the majority of our relationship, uh, you know, for four years in, in our well, 20s. You guys were even a longer long distance. Yeah, real long distance. That's a, that's a whole other episode, long distance relationships. But, <laughs> you know, I never thought that I would, would advocate for them. But I do think if you're going to do it in your 20s, wow, what a time to do it. Because just like you said, you really, you can grow parallel to each other um, while taking the time to get to know each other and really cultivating your own sense of self um, while like falling in love with this person. I think that that's why you've been able to balance it, why I've been able to balance it because we had, we do know life without each other. You know, we do, we know how to function. We know how to have fun. We know how to, um, you know, soothe with other people around us and self-soothe because we, you know, didn't grow a dependency on um, this other person. The things that you go through with your friends, you know, the, the lessons that you learn are super easily applicable to your romantic relationship as well. Well, I don't have personal experience of balancing because I've been single my entire adulthood life. Um, Sing that Beyonce song, girl. What's that? I'm a single agent. I'm Do not put that on <laughs> Oh, no, it's going in there. Um, so I'm going to end with some professional advice. Uh, there was, I like there, it. Give us your professional uh -huh, advice, uh -huh. Chris Dan. Yeah. Let's get it. Um, so <laughs> this is from a UCLA study of friendship among women. Um, and this is a quote from Dr. Jocelyn. Uh, she said, every time we get overly busy with work and family, the first thing we do is let go of our friendships with, with women. 
we push them right to the back burner. That's really a mistake because women are such a source of strength to each other. We nurture one another and we need to have unpressured space in which we can do special, um, do the special kind of talk <laughs> that women do when they're with other women. Uh, and it's, and she quotes, it, this is a quote from her, it's a very healing experience. So when you think that you're, you know, you got to make time, like all your time has to go to your husband. Or your significant <laughs> other. Yeah, your significant other. Uh, you know, you think, I'm not saying put that one to the back burner either, but <laughs> always just remember it's it's better to have a tribe. What What's your favorite TV show or movie that is centered around girl friendships? It's the first on the list, Thelma and Louise. Um, and I saw Thelma and Louise for the first time, obviously, after I met my best friend. And I saw it on an airplane. And there's something, there has to be a study. I have to go look. Because there's something about, like, being high altitude that makes you more emotional. Like, people talk about crying on planes and, like, you know, crying when they watch movies on planes. But I swear to God, I was crying. And the second that the wheels hit the ground, I messaged her and I was like, you have to watch Thelma and Louise. Like, this is us. It's, it's so amazing. I think my favorite part of it is that there's a little bit, I can see a little bit of myself in both of them. And I think Kristen can see a little bit of herself in both of them. I've been loving Grace and Frankie. Go for it. Uh, on Netflix mm -hmm. with Lily Tomlin love and Jane it. Fonda. And I just oh, love I that they that found it's so cute. And it's so like women in their seventies empowered mm -hmm. and granted they've known each other for 40 years, but they don't become best friends until what we spoke about at the beginning, mm -hmm. they go through a traumatic, basically. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not giving anything away. The whole basis is their husbands are gay with each other and they want to get married. So they leave them for each other. So I they become that. forced forced together but they end Amazing. up being best friends and they're mm -hmm. completely opposite people and it's so funny and I love like that it's just like in your 70s you can still be hot as shit <laughs> it's great I think Alex's mom and um her best friend uh they they love that show and they're like it's so late like they they both have who uh, so, I'm, the, I'm Grace. So I'm yeah, Frankie. Yeah. Oh my God. You so. guys would love Frankie because she's just so woo woo. Like, mm -hmm. uh -huh. Frankie is goals, I think. But, you know, Jane Fonda dresses nicer. Like, but Frankie is the um, artist and like, like does like um, peyote and smokes weed. Hilarious. <laughs> like, That's me. Does basically a moon circle kind of gal. Like, I love it. Oh, see if you can guess it. Cause I, I, well, so. Well, I know that you're a huge Sex in the City fan. I was going to say um, Sex in the <laughs> so, I was going to say Sex in the City as well. If it's not Sex in the City, then I don't know how good of friends we are. <laughs> no, it's definitely, definitely Sex in the City. Like every, <laughs> every, there's four characters and every single character has something in them that was like, that is somebody, that's something Alex will do. That's something I would do. That's something Jody would do. You know, it's just, it's classic. It's timeless. It's clothes. It's fashion. It's hot men. Well, some of the men were hot. Um, 
sorry girlfriends i'm usually like you know rooting for everybody black um but honorable i'm gonna throw girlfriend like you know honorable mention um they had some hot dudes i will tell you that like sex in the city some of the dudes were just like how'd you get that part of hot guy but (laughs) (laughs) but girlfriends they got it right those men are fine fine but i i I do Sorry, I do think Booksmart is a brilliant movie. It's so good too. It's It's another one. It's so so funny. Amazing. So easily could be corny. And it is amazing that they just threw it in there. I I can't. It's just, yeah, chef's kiss. (laughs) Chef's kiss. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I hope that now that we have a woman in the White House and we have a a, uh, government full of female leaders and you know the people that have worked really hard in the me too movement in the entertainment industry that we will start to see so many more stories of female friendships um i hope to that you know we create them the three of us i know that we will and i know that each of us have so many amazing stories to tell and that girlfriends around the world will have a voice and see themselves represented in television and film i love it I love it. Times are changing. Future is female. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Callie Made Us Do It. If you liked our episode, please like and subscribe. It will help us in the charts. You can follow us on Instagram at Callie Made Us Do It. We'd also like to thank Robopop for our theme music. Callie Made Us Do It is edited and produced in-house by the three of us, Alex, Kristen, and Jody. See you next week with our next episode.